Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast from the Timberwolves' deflating loss to the Portland Trailblazers on Sunday. Simply an unacceptable loss. What happened? Why did Carl Anthony Towns only get three shot attempts? Where do we go from here with only three games left in the regular season and the Wolves clinging at this point to the hope of clinging to the hope of getting out of the 9-10 playing game, right? I mean, that at this point is best case scenario for the Wolves. We'll break it all down here on the show today. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Happy Monday, everybody. And it is, if I'm being honest, a not so happy Monday in Timberwolves land. A rough weekend for Minnesota. We're going to get to all the gory details here and try to look ahead with some guarded optimism. I don't know. Did not. I don't know. We'll try to be optimistic about the next three games over the next six days for the Wolves as uh, it's going to come right down to it in terms of the playoff and really play in race in the Western Conference. First of all, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find Lockdown Wolves. That also includes the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Along with all the other Minnesota podcasts on Lockdown, you can find them on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today. Again, that's on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at my account, which is at B-Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay. So this was a tough weekend. Um... I don't want to spend too much time on the Lakers game Friday. Obviously, this is going to be more Portland game Sunday. I just we haven't had a show since Friday night. Um, but the the gist of it, in my mind, is the Lakers' loss was certainly, I would say, more deflating than anything else, given the fact that the Wolves had a lead, double digit third quarter lead, led by what ten at halftime, um, and then also the standings implications. You know the crowd was up and into it for a Friday night, you know, biggest regular season game and how long. And, um, and and then the wolves just kind of finished with the whimper and ended up losing by 12 in that game. Uh, that was, I think deflating is probably the best adjective to describe Friday night against the Lakers Sunday against the Blazers was simply unacceptable. And frankly, I don't want to say unexplainable because I'm about to try and explain what happened. And and I, I think we could point our finger at a few Things, some of which are not too dissimilar from what happened Friday in the second half against the Lakers. But there's no like unacceptable, inexcusable, uh, any words along those lines. It, it simply should not have happened and cannot happen if you're going to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. If you're going to stay out of the 9 10 sudden death play in game, you can't lose to a team that's lost 11 of 12, is missing its top five leading scorers, including Damian Lillard is playing 10-day guys, undrafted guys. Uh, I mean, like, for, like, like not casual, but, like, really solid NBA fans, people that pay attention to the game. I mean, how many guys that played 
for the Blazers would most people know? There's a couple guys I had I did not know who they were. I mean, obviously Shaden Sharp, Matisse Thibel, um, you know, Drew Eubanks, Trenton Watford's been playing for them this year. But like there are a lot of guys. Uh, Skylar May started and is on a 10-day and was hitting big buckets down the stretch for them. Um, you know, Kevin Knox, sure. But like the rest of the bench guys are are essentially unrecognizable names to to NBA fans who are more than casuals, right? This is a team that the Timberwolves, Timberwolves were 19 and a half point favorites in this game. And I've seen a couple different stats floating around, but ESPN had it as this was the worst loss against the spread on record going back to 1993. I saw some places records only went to 95, but according to ESPN, going back to 1993, it's the worst loss against the spread. 19 and a half point underdogs. The Blazers straight up beat the Timberwolves against against the spread. Um, I mean, that tells you really all you need to know just in terms of how bad this loss is. But I mean, like the rest of the context all has to do with the standings, right? The Wolves had a chance to kind of stay even with the Lakers. They would have still been a half game behind. But remember, they have the tiebreaker against the Lakers. Instead, the Wolves are now ninth of the West. They're only a game up on Oklahoma City for the ninth spot. Two games up on Dallas. Dallas is... Two games back, so the Wolves are two games out, two games away from falling out of the playoffs. Like that's still on the table here. The Wolves are now a game and a half behind the Pelicans and a game and a half behind the Lakers. The Pelicans, of course, are the last game of the regular season on Sunday, and the tiebreakers in the balance because the Wolves and Pelicans have split the two games they've played so far. Minnesota is also one and a half back from the Lakers in the seventh spot. They do have that tiebreaker, but. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You're counting on the Lakers to, like, if the say the Wolves win out, you still need the Lakers to lose what two of their last four for the Wolves to overtake them. Am I doing that right? I guess if I guess if the Wolves won out and the Lakers uh, won three out of four, then the Wolves would still overtake the Lakers if the Wolves won out. That's a pretty big if, given how they played lately. So. Like the seventh seed is still on the table. I guess you'd still have to beat the Pelicans, of course, in this scenario. If you're winning out, you are, and you get that tiebreaker too. So the seventh seed's absolutely still on the table. The sixth seed's basically out of the question now. I mean, you're only two games back of the Warriors, but again, two games back with three to play. Golden State also has three to play, and the Wolves are straight up just two back of the Warriors. So if you win out and Golden State loses out, sure, the sixth seed is in play. Actually, so is, I guess, technically the fifth seed. The Clippers are also only two two games up on the Wolves. They've lost two in a row. So, like, the range of outcomes is still fifth seed to 11th seed, which is insane. And by 11th seed, I mean out of the playoffs. Five to 11 are all on the table. It's insane, given that there's only three games left in the season. It makes it that much more frustrating because if you beat the Lakers Friday, you basically, you know, and entirely put them away. But with that tiebreaker, you feel good about being ahead of them. You keep pace with the Pelicans. You're in eighth with a shot at seventh. Instead, the Wolves are in ninth with the real danger, very real danger of falling to 10th, having the sudden death game on the road, and still on the table of falling out of the playoffs entirely. And if it wasn't for the Dallas Mavericks, I think the Wolves would be the talk of disappointing teams in the NBA right now. I mean, I mean, thank goodness for the maps, right? Um, all right, let's break down what happened on Sunday. And we'll spend most of the show doing that here today. I, I think the craziest thing for me is if you just glance at the box score and you didn't watch the game, you'd be like, oh, man, 
The Wolves actually played really well. This must have been a fluky loss, right? The Wolves outshot the Blazers percentage-wise from everywhere. Three-point line from the field, free-throw line, more attempts, more makes, better percentage from the free-throw line, which we haven't been able to say a lot lately. The Wolves won on the glass, which they don't often do, although they've been much better lately. They were a plus five on the glass. Um, the, Even in the assist column, the only thing, if you just, again, glance at the box score that the Wolves got beat badly in was turnovers and also steals. The Wolves turned it over 18 times, and this is on the heels of Friday night against Lakers, 16 turnovers, which was the, the biggest issue in their downfall Friday. 18 turnovers against Portland on Sunday. Portland only turned it over 10 times. The Blazers had 12 steals in this game. Minnesota only managed to have three steals against the Blazers on Sunday afternoon. Um, this is, again... And like, I, I don't think I could repeat this enough. This is not the Blazers team the Wolves lost to a couple times earlier this season. This is not a Damian Lillard-led Portland Trailblazers team. Even still, this is a team that was a bottom four defensive team all season, basically. They're currently 27th in defensive rating. It's a Blazers team that doesn't actually turn you over often defensively. They're 19th in turnover rate. 19th in turnover rate. And the Timberwolves managed to turn it over 18 times against a shell of a Blazers team. Like, Dame wasn't out there. Jeremy Grant wasn't out there. Anthony Simons was not out there. Josh Hart wasn't out there. Like, this is not a team that you could turn it over 18 times against. And and the crazy thing is, like I said a minute ago, the Wolves actually shot the ball well in this game. They shot 48% for the field, 42% for three. They got to the line 23 times and made their free throws for the most part. Just, like, completely inexcusable, unacceptable, and the Wolves are making the bed that they're going to have to lie in. And that very likely, the most likely scenario at this point, is the 9-10 playing game, which is a clear step back from last year. And nobody, nobody expected that. I don't think even the people that hated the Gobert trade would have expected the Wolves to be in the 9-10 playing game this year. And I sure, I know I, I didn't expect that. What did I predict? I thought the Wolves would be the 4-5 or 6 seed in the Western Conference and would, would challenge 50 wins. At this point, 40 wins. Like, I mean, hey, if the Wolves go 40 and 42, like uh, at, they went two of the, one of their last three, like given the way they looked Friday and Sunday, I mean, that that's a goal, right? Like, I'm not saying that's that's a that's a good finish to the season, but like, hey, they could win 40 games and be in the 9-10 game. I'd like, at this point, that's what we're hoping for, right? Is to stay in the 9-10. Like, like I said a minute, it's possible they could get to 7-8 and it's even technically possible they could get up to 5 or 6 still. But man, to be in this position, to be in this position is not at all what anyone expected and certainly not what anybody wanted. All right. I want to go a step further in breaking down the Blazers game. It's, it's a little, not quite a surface level. It's just simply they lost the turnover battle, but that was a major issue. And I want to dig into that a bit more. What happened with Cat in this game? He scored eight points on three shots from the field. Uh, we'll break all that down. We'll also do individual studs and duds. So we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Prize Picks. On Sunday, if you'd taken Anthony Edwards' points over, despite how bad the Wolves played, he scored 37, you would have done all right. And again, uh, in the Wolves, Wolves-Nets game Tuesday, I don't know, I feel like you could take Ant over on points again because I, I feel like he's going to take this upon himself. He's going to try and put the Wolves on his shoulders Tuesday night. Uh, and, and frankly, we've been in must-win territory for a while, but... Uh, 
Now it's like must, must win territory for the Wolves. If you're not familiar with prize picks, it's extremely easy to use. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people either. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes, of course, the NBA, but also MLB kicked off late last week. So baseball action, NHL headed into the playoffs. Uh, actually tonight, the championship game for college men's basketball. Uh, it's all there on the prize picks app. You can make your entries in less than 60 seconds. It's really easy to use. Just download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. If you're first time users, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to hundred dollars with the promo code locked on. If you deposit hundred dollars, prize picks will give you hundred dollars. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up. For that instant deposit match, again, up to $100. All right, further breaking down the Timberwolves' loss to the Blazers. And, I mean, again, turnovers was the biggest issue. You go back to Friday's game, the Wolves and Lakers each turned it over 16 times. But that was more like Friday night was like the Wolves led. You felt a little bit comfortable. You know, never, like, entirely comfortable, but they had a double-digit lead. They were up, what was it, like 12 or something in the third quarter before you know, there was that that play that Gobert talked about after the game where Davis rolls his ankle and Gobert claims he could have dunked it over him. I mean, there were three Lakers there if you watch it back. But he claims, basically, you know, I took mercy on him. I took pity on him and, and passed it out. And then the ball got turned, you know, we turned it over and then the turnover started and it snowballed from there. That, I mean, it basically did start there. I, I'm not blaming it on that play specifically. But that game was much more like, a cavalcade of turnovers starting in the third quarter. The Lakers won the third quarter, 35 to 18. And it was just kind of like this contagious turnover city all of a sudden, right? That that's basically Friday. Sunday afternoon was not that Sunday was just kind of touch and go the whole way. The Wolves never led by more than 12 Minnesota was up uh, what six at halftime. They were only up four going to the fourth quarter. This was a um, like, it was never comfortable. At any point. And again, it gets a, a team with, that wasn't, frankly, fielding an NBA caliber rotation at all in the in the Portland Trailblazers. So this was never, this was just like an ongoing issue throughout the game. It wasn't just like all of a sudden it's over City, they snowball, and, and that's the game. Like what happened against Lakers, because the Wolves were up 12, they ended up losing by 12. This was just a, a, a bad all-around performance, and turnovers were, were the biggest culprit in my mind in this game. Uh, part of that, though, part of the issues with turning the ball over and part of, um, you know, the, the second half issues, which, you know, the second wolves were up at halftime they lost. Right. So the second half was a little, but again, this was a, essentially 48 minutes. The wolves didn't play hard enough was probably the number one problem. Um, and 48 minutes of, of too many turnovers, right? 18 turnovers to just 10 for Portland. Like I mentioned last segment, but the Carl Anthony towns foul trouble certainly threw a wrench in things. And we haven't seen this be an issue for an issue for cat, since he's returned from injury and really not even too bad earlier this season, um, other than, you know, a couple games here and there, but cat had finished with five fouls, only played 25 minutes in this game. He was in foul trouble with three in the first half. He's in foul trouble with four in the third quarter. And again, only played 25 minutes, only shot the ball three times in this game, eight points on one of three shooting. His only make was a second half three pointer. And in my mind, I don't know that it was as much the Wolves weren't scheming for Cat as it was Cat was turning down opportunities to be aggressive and also crediting Portland, who's not a good defensive team, as we've, as we've already covered. 
not a good defensive team and not playing their main players. But actually, frankly, maybe that helped Portland because they were playing guys that were hungrier and potentially are even better defenders than some of the guys that aren't playing for Portland and some of their starters I mentioned earlier, right? Um, I think there's two things at play. One is the way that Portland chose to play defense. They played a lot of zone. They they play zone as much as basically any team in the league. But they played like this kind of zone shell, almost like a matchup zone, especially early in the game. It really threw the wolves off. And I don't know why Minnesota would have been expecting it. Maybe they were and just didn't execute. But they were essentially playing a zone and then matching up, you know, call it out to 28 feet on Carl Anthony Towns. So if Towns catches the ball on the perimeter, that's where he's been so effective at like catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. Or, you know, when they play up, you pump fake, you blow past them. If you have a four or a five guarding Carl Anthony Towns, he's beating you off the dribble basically to him, no matter who you are. But Portland was closing out hard even further. And then essentially the zone was kind of shadowing the defender that was on the ball. So Towns felt like, okay, I can't get my shot off because I'm being crowded. I can't pump fake and go because there's another defender here. Like essentially um, almost like being guarded by one and a half guys. But the defense, like the way the defense was collapsing on Anthony Edwards, both Friday and Sunday, I think the Lakers and Blazers played Ant fairly similarly in that regard. That's how everybody's guarding Ant now. But that zone has the ability to crash in on either Towns or Edwards and basically be a little bit more lax against the Jade McDaniels and the Mike Conleys and the, you know, whoever else is of the world um, who again, in general, the Wolves shot the ball well enough to win. So this wasn't like the problem, but cats, I mean, the fact that they only lost by two and cat shot the ball three times is, is kind of incredible too, right? Cat just needed to be a little more aggressive. He needed to let it fly. He needed to put it on the floor, drive into the zone. Um, and I know sometimes that's where teams have goaded him into offensive fouls in the past because he gets a little handsy with the ball you know, dribbling with one ball handsy with the off arm. I mean, like shoving guys away and charges and the whole thing. He got good at some point of, you know, stopping short and avoiding charges. I don't know if he's just not in that groove yet, but Cat was not comfortable dealing with that ball pressure in this game. And I think he, it was more that than anything else. And certainly the unselfish element. He had a couple of nice passes. He also had a couple of bad passes. That's the Carl Tiddy Towns experience, right? Uh, but the Wolves offense is best when it runs through Cat and Ant plays off of Cat. Instead, Edwards had 30 shot attempts in this game and made half of them, right? Like Ant played well. He scored 37 on 30 shots. You'll take that, I guess. But Cat shot the ball three times. Anthony Edwards shot the ball 10 times more than Carlton Towns in this game. And that's not exactly the ratio that you want. And the Blazers were totally fine with that. So um, this was more about the Blazers' defensive scheme and about Cat's I'm going to call it indecision, right? And we saw this the other night where Cat absolutely had some issues with indecision. And uh, I think it was, it wasn't Friday night's game. It was Wednesday's game last week or whatever the game before Friday was when Marnie and I talked about this postcast. It wasn't that the ball was sticky necessarily, which we've seen um, earlier. And Chris Fitch talked about this a lot. It wasn't necessarily the take turn offense, which I think was a Finch term from earlier this season where, you know, back in call it November, it was Delo says it's my turn. And then cat says it's my turn. And then ant says it's my turn. This was more about indecision where everybody's trying to fit it. And at times overpassing at times being too indecisive and allowing the defense to, to get better ball pressure to, to recover. And we saw towns go through a stretch of this last year where, especially in the post, he would wait too long to make a decision and a double team would come. Occasionally, a triple team would come, and he turned the ball over. And you got to go fast. You have to go fast when you know a double team is coming. That's not always Cat's forte. 
And then sometimes he goes too fast, right? It's it's that poise that Towns still lacks at times, both on the perimeter and in the post, where he gets the ball and he has the ability to make a quick but not rush decision. We sometimes see him, it's when he gets offensive fouls, a crazy pass turnovers when he goes too fast, but more often than not, he's going too slow. And the indecision is leading to uh, a lot of times turnovers when it comes to cap. Um, those were the biggest issues in this game. I mean, points of the paint, you really can't lose points of the paint by 10 to the Portland Trailblazers when you have Carlton Towns and Rudy Gobert on the floor. And again, I know Towns is in foul trouble, but like you still got, what, 60 minutes of Gobert and Towns on the floor in this game. And you're facing Trendon Watford and Devin Eubank, or excuse me, Drew Eubanks and Matisse Thibel. Like, I mean, Thibel's a good defender, don't get me wrong, but like, that's what, like, who's scoring in the paint for, I, you know, and I didn't pull the paint points, like, individually for the Blazers, but, like, I mean, Shaden Sharp was a big part of that. The Wolves couldn't contain the ball really well either. But you still held them to 30% from three as a team and 107 points. If you hold an NBA team to 107 points in 2023, I mean, you should probably win. So uh, perimeter defense and, and paint defense and lack of paint scoring for Minnesota, that was a big issue. I mean, Ant did a decent amount of his damage in the paint, but again, Cat scored zero points in the paint in this game. Rudy Gobert was 5 of 10, but he had 10 points. No free throw attempts for Rudy Gobert in this game. The paint points are an issue. Also, transition points. They let Portland score 25 points in transition in this game. Portland doesn't even play at that fast of a pace. Now, it changed again. Personnel's different. Some of these younger guys are playing faster, but pace-wise, Portland's 21st in the league coming in. Like, there's no reason the Wolves should have given up 25 transition points. We saw this against the Lakers on Friday. There's these stretches where guys just don't get back. And it's been an issue all season. It's been an issue for years. There was a possession on Friday against the Lakers when uh, it was a turnover and the Lakers had like a three-on-three. And not all the Lakers players were coming back offensively. Well, actually, at some point they did. And both Cat and Gobert stayed back. Assuming an easy bucket for the Lakers, I guess trying to cherry pick or whatever, never came back. You could see the bench, Kyle Anderson and coaches like demonstrably waving at Rudy Gobert and Carlton Towns, get back, get back, get back, and they never did. I mean, that's an isolated instance. That could happen once a game, whatever. But it's a pattern. It happened again against Portland. 25 transition points against a Portland Trailblazers team that's 21st in pace and is starting Skylar Mays Shaden Sharp, Matisse Thibault in the backcourt. Like, that's not a group that should be dunking on you in transition. I mean, I, I should also shout out Kevin Knox. He, Speaking of dunking, he had a big dunk in this game. He had 19 points off the bench for them. Um, I just, just unconscionable how bad the transition defense, the paint defense was for the Wolves. And again, I mostly point to the to, to the shoddy offense, the turnovers, to Townsend decision, all those things. I think are the biggest issues for this loss. But but the transition defense and the and the the paint defense and offense, the paint differential, if you will, minus ten points in the paint to this Portland squad, not good, not good at all. All right, let's close with individual studs and duds. We'll peek at the week ahead as well. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Locked Owls is brought to us by our friends over at Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar is the best protein bar of all time. They had the Built March Madness bracket throughout the month of March. So hopefully you went over there and voted for your favorite bar. Uh, they locked was giving, or excuse me, Built was giving away a 12 month subscription 
uh, and they're, they've been our friends for a long time. And I promise you, Bill Bars are, like I said, absolutely the best protein bar you'll ever have. I always have at least a box, sometimes multiple boxes in our pantry. Um, they're a perfect snack for on the go. They're perfect for, you know, uh, energy, meal replacement, whatever you got to do. Bill Bar is the best snack to just grab uh, wherever you're going. It's seriously the best protein bar of all time. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. It's absolutely 100% real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now. You could you could still take a look at their bracket over there and uh, pick up a box. You can also grab Built Bars now at both Sam's Club and Walmart. Um, they have, I think it's a 13-bar box at Sam's and a four-bar box at Walmart. Some delicious flavors. You could also, of course, still order at Built.com. So again, head to Built.com. Check out the bracket for the month of March at BuiltMarchMadness.com. Um, and uh, make sure to grab up, uh, grab to pick up a box of Built at either Sam's, Walmart, or Built.com. All right, let's close with individual studs and duds here today. Um, so not too hard to to parse this one, really. Uh, the, the only clear stud for the Wolves in my mind. Oh, there's a couple, I guess. Anthony Edwards has to be one. It started off really rough. Like, he, he looked... I mean, again, I actually haven't mentioned this on today's show, I don't think. Yes, there's been illness around the Wolves. A lot of guys are under the weather, playing through it. That's great. Ant did look that way early in the game. Um, but then came on strong really second quarter and and actually was okay in the second half as well. 37 points on 15 of 30 shooting, three of eight outside the arc, four of five at the line, six assists, five rebounds for Ant. He did turn it over four times, but in general, I thought he played well. I thought he uh, handled the defense that the Blazers were playing extremely well and and better than, better than Towns, certainly, better than really anybody else on the Wolves. Uh, a good game for Anthony Edwards and, and, you know, on the heels of, of a, absolutely a disappointing loss against the Lakers Friday. But remember, Ann had 11 points on 16 shots Friday night, turned it over three times to just three assists. And had we done studs and duds after Friday's game, Ant would have been a dud, not a good game, but, and did not look good to start this one, but played his way into a rhythm, you know, kind of mid game, second, third quarter and was was the Wolves' best all-around player, was their only chance to win in this game, apparently, with nobody else really coming to play. Um, no other Timberwolves scored more than 13 points in this game. So they needed every bit of those 37 from Anthony Edwards. Uh, the, speaking of 13 points, the second leading scorer was Kyle Anderson. He had 13 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Another jack-of-all-trades game for Anderson. Came off the bench. Did play 33 minutes, though, because of the town's foul trouble. Shot six of nine from the floor, one of two outside the arc. And added a block to the eight rebounds and seven assists. So he led the Wolves in assists. He was third in rebounds, second in scoring. A typical Kyle Anderson performance. Was very, very good in this game. Uh, so kudos to Slomo for another strong, strong game. The third stud, if I have to pick one, which I guess I do because I always do. I'm going to go, I don't know. I don't really want to go with Jaden. He had turnover problems again. I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert. He didn't get to the line. That's not really his fault. He was active on the glass, 15 boards. Again, the Wolves were a plus five on the glass. So he did his part. He had four offensive rebounds as well. 10 points, three assists, and those 15 rebounds for Rudy. Only one turnover and shot five of 10. Like, I'd love for him to get to the line. That's more a function of, that's not, usually when Rudy gets to the line, it's not like it means he's not being aggressive. It just means he's not getting the ball a lot. And, and Portland's not fouling more than anything else, right? A lot of times you could point to be like, oh, Ant wasn't aggressive enough, and that's a that's a part of it. Like, actually, I would argue 30 field goal attempts, only five free throws. 
that's a combination of him still not getting a good whistle and also just at times settling for jumpers. But for Rudy, I think it's more just bad luck if he doesn't get to the line. Um, and in general, I thought this was a good Rudy game. And on the heels of Friday, like Rudy was fine Friday as well, but struggled late on Anthony Davis. Um, or not just late, just generally in the second half on Anthony Davis. Um, but this was a, a solid Rudy game. Duds, we talked a lot about Carl Towns last segment. He's got to be a dud in this game just due to you know the foul trouble, the lack of aggression when he was in the game. Uh, three turnovers in those 25 minutes, one of three shooting, eight points on three shots. Uh, did grab nine rebounds in 25 minutes, which is a much better rate of rebounding than we've seen from Cat for much of the season. Uh, but he's got to be a dud in this game. I'm also going to give one to... I'm going to give one to Torian Prince. He missed a couple of open threes off the bench. Six points on eight shots for Torian. Only two rebounds in 19 minutes. He was the second leading minutes getter off the bench for the Wolves. They needed some punch from the bench. He did not give them any in this game. Um, my third my third dud is going to be Mike Conley. And actually, he didn't play that badly, but he missed some open threes again. And I know the Wolves shot 42% for three as a team, but Conley was two of six outside the arc. Six assists, one turnover is fine. Um... I just I wanted a little bit more out of Mike Conley in this game, and he was so good, especially early in that Lakers game. What do you have? Twenty five and seven assists on Friday, and maybe you know I guess a performance somewhere in the middle is probably what we could realistically expect from thirty seven year old Mike Conley. You know he played, he's had some of these higher scoring games lately, above and beyond what the Wolves would expect out of him. But when the Wolves were struggling against a bad team, turning the ball over at the rate that they were, you would want Mike Conley to take charge a little bit more. Instead, we got four Jade McDaniels turnovers. We got three Towns turnovers in just 25 minutes. We got four Anthony Edwards turnovers. And as a team, again, 18 turnovers, Conley only had one of them. So I'm blaming Conley a little bit more for not taking the reins and operating things a bit more and then also making open threes. I think that that calming presence needs to be a bit more present in a game like this when the Wolves lose to a, a team they have no business losing to. All right, next up for the Wolves, sitting here now in ninth place in the West, only a game up on 10th. Uh, the Timberwolves go to Brooklyn to take on the Nets on Tuesday night. That's a 6.30 p.m. Central tip. Uh, I will preview the game on Tuesday's show, and also we will the postcast will be back. We did not have postcast this weekend, but Marty and I will do the live postcast following Wolves-Nets, probably about 45 minutes or so following the end of that game. Um, so that, again, Tuesday night, we will do the postcast. And then the Wolves are off. Thursday, Friday, excuse me, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then they're back in action Saturday afternoon at San Antonio at the Spurs at three o'clock on Saturday. Um, like really no excuse to losing that game. And then it's home for the Pelicans Sunday afternoon, the second day of a back-to-back consecutive matinee afternoon or matinee weekend games. Tiebreaker on the line, potentially playoff, potentially a berth to the play on the line. But certainly tiebreaker and certainly seeding on the line on Sunday against the Pelicans. So a huge week ahead. We'll have plenty of time to preview that later this week. We'll also look at the play-in schedule. Um, we're starting to learn a little bit more about uh, potentially what that could look like. We'll dig into it a bit more um, as we get going here later this week. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Locked On T-Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K, 
E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. You can make your second listen, the Game to Game NBA podcast, every moment, every top performance, and every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NBA. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.